and thanks everybody for your time and interest in order to listen to these uh, audios. So today we have another special guest. His name is Craig Boris, who is a senior partner for the company 908 Engineering out of Red Deer here in Central Alberta. Thank you, Craig, for being part of this interview. Thank you, Carlos. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if you can, well, maybe we can start just for you, like giving me a little bit of uh, understanding about your background, maybe where you studied from where you are originally from. Yeah, if you can just uh, tell us a little bit more about you, that would be great. Sure. So I grew up in a rural background here in central Alberta, uh, very close to very close to Red Deer, Red Deer and Innisfail. Uh, both my parents are lawyers, but they uh, have a very strong farming type background. Uh, and so I was always brought up with good practical skills. Uh, so I went to high school in Red Deer. And then after high school, I worked for a little while in some production line labor type work in Red Deer. But uh, I decided that kind of stuff wasn't for me. So I decided to go to school. So I went to university for four years at the University of Calgary, which is just about an hour and a half away from here, where I graduated from electrical engineering. My first job was in the oil field, uh, not not a field type position, but an office position where I was doing project management. And I found that that type of work, it was, it was good work. I just couldn't really stand the commute. And so I decided that I would change my focus and then work in the field for a little while. And so I worked for Schlumberger, which is a, an oil field service company. And I did that for a couple of years, uh, gave me some really good hands-on practical oil field type skills. But again, being that I was an engineering graduate, I was always trying to work toward a professional designation. And the type of work I was doing for Schlumberger didn't apply very well toward a professional designation. And so I decided that I would come back to Red Deer. I searched for work in Red Deer and I found a job at a local consulting firm doing very similar work to what I was doing now. And there I was able to get my professional designation. I met my business partner there, and then he and I decided to go off on our own. And so we've been working at 908 Engineering since early 2012. Awesome. No, it's pretty exciting that you can share that with us and we can have a, a better grasp on what you're doing. Before we get into specific about 908 as, as the company, I was... Uh, Browsing around at your website, and uh, I can find that in the first page, you have uh, really good stuff there. So maybe I can share a little bit of uh, that wording that I found in your website. And it goes like this. is We are here to fundamentally change the mechanical and electrical engineering consulting business. Most importantly, we want electrical and mechanical engineering to be accessible to everyone, including members of the general public. We want to remove the mystery and dispel common misconceptions that are sometimes associated with our field. Anyone is capable of comprehending and putting into practice the theories and methods of mechanical and electrical engineering. This is regardless of experience, education, qualification, title, and so forth. If you want to learn, we want to teach you everything we know, and we want to do it free of charge. So, and, and your explanation goes on and on. And for me, I wanted to kind of just read it uh, textually because I can remember a few years ago when all these uh, NECV movements started to kind of trigger in on the, in the codes. And uh, I can remember you 
you make the, the first approach to us saying that, okay, well, uh, we can teach you in order to, you can go through this process or this change smoothly. And I can remember I spent uh, a couple of hours at your office and you were just passing me through all the different new concepts that were triggering at the, at the code. And uh, it was pretty nice to uh, have that uh, conversation with you. But uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the, the conception of the ideas in order to put that in your first page in the website and what your actual definition about those texts for you? Sure, yeah. And so you brought up the example of the NECB. So we're at this firm, we're big proponents of open knowledge. We like to share our knowledge as much as we can, as often as we can. Uh, it doesn't do us any service to try to keep that information a secret. Uh, we're not trying to sell information. We're trying to uh, do consulting work is, is the core of our business. But uh, in terms of education, though, we we like to educate people, uh, either clients or members of the public or just interested parties similar to yourself as often as we can. So you gave the example of the National Energy Code. What we really wanted is, because, of course, you're, you're a fellow consultant, uh, you work in a similar field in a different discipline, but we want you to feel confident about the that particular code we don't want you to be afraid of it because if you're afraid of it then you're going to tend to either make mistakes uh or you're going to tend to shy away from projects but if i can help you if i can educate you if, if you can feel confident going into your projects it means that i might have an opportunity to work with you on another project and so it, it's it's never been bad for us we've always had this this attitude since the start and in terms of business, uh, giving out information for free has always been very, very good for us. And it's always come back to us exponentially. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and again, right, trying to be ahead of uh, all the different concepts that are in the industry, right? The best uh, way to approach everything is trying to kind of give a little bit of education. That's why like this is, is the conception of these audios because sometimes we can we can find that uh, we are living in a bubble. Like me as an architect, all, all the time I'm trying to kind of take decisions uh, out of uh, the needs of the client. But all of a sudden you can feel like, okay, well, uh, these are coming out of my mind and I'm trying to kind of just provide this service to my client. But uh, uh, noticing like the industry is pretty broad. Like we always need help from consultants, even from the contractor, from the trades. We always are experiencing uh, new concepts, right? And uh, if you're trying to kind of just go ahead by yourself, it's, it's going to be pretty hard. It's going to be pretty, I think it's going to be pretty unpro unproductive. And uh, having uh, a consultant that can guide you on their expertise through the process will make the things easier, right? So Yeah, and so from the point of view of the client, if you help your client, if you help educate your client, then your client is going to feel more confident in their projects, their future projects. Uh, they're going to make fewer mistakes on their current projects. And, and so instead of coming to you, the consultant, with the same type of project over and over again and making the same mistakes over and over again, their client is going to come to you with bigger projects, more complex projects, because they have the confidence and the education to take on bigger and better things, right? And so you can, by by educating your client, you can grow along with them. Right. And uh, you're saying that uh, 
going through that process. You, you can walk and speak and, and go through that uh, ideology because it's working for you at this point. So what you can share with us about that? Yes, uh, I've noticed, especially with our client base, that the vast majority of our work is repeat clients. And if I compare the work that we do for our clients now versus when we first got involved with them, it's far more complex, far larger, and far more lucrative for both of our businesses because we were able to grow together. We were able to to understand each other and learn from each other and help each other out. And now all of a sudden, just with some simple education, we're working on far larger projects. Yeah, and I can understand that because... You can feel like you're always trying to kind of reinvent yourself, right? Trying to kind of just do better things and trying to kind of, as you were saying, learn from mistakes and trying to grow personally as professional. But uh, now that you're touching base about working with the client, you are working uh, on growing with the client as well, right? And that uh, gives you an idea how to do things better with better quality and at the end of the day, everybody have the benefits on all these type of processes, right? So that's, that's pretty neat, actually. So I can remember before starting to do these audios, we, we start to gonna talk about them. I can remember that there was a conversation saying that uh, uh, you are more interested in talk about energy efficiency uh, product rather than an actual label of certification. Can you expand that a little bit more or if i was mistaken on my definition just let me know but uh, yeah maybe you can you can talk more about it so yeah and so we've been involved in several projects where certain certifications were being sought so um as an example like a lead projects a lead project or a passive house certification and any number of different net zero type certifications but we're finding that a lot of these codes and a lot of these standards don't take into account or don't sufficiently take into account the the nature of local context. So if we take a look at uh, Central Alberta as an example here where we do a lot of our consulting work, we, have, uh, we don't have really have an abundance of sun. We don't have an abundance of wind. We don't have any kind of uh, geothermal, like any kind of natural hot springs or anything like they would do in Iceland. But what we do have is an abundance of cold. We have an abundance of heating degree days. And so it takes a lot of energy to keep our buildings warm. And so where we would see uh, certain certifications require specialty mechanical equipment or specialty solar or any of those kind of high-end active components the most effective thing you can do, especially here in central Alberta is to combat the cold. And so simple insulation techniques. Now I know that insulation is covered through these certification programs, but they're not emphasized as, as nearly as important as they actually are here in a local context. And so if my client, for example, is looking to do something green, something uh, to improve the energy and uh, energy efficiency and the sustainability of their building, my first recommendation is to upgrade envelopes, upgrade windows, upgrade doors, um, reduce the areas of windows and doors if it's possible. And once all that has been maximized, then we'll start looking at a lot more of the, the sustainable things that, that, that look good on paper. So things like solar, uh, geothermal, 
and any of those other things. But at the, but the truth is, is that by the time that we maximize the envelope, if there was any budget for any kind of green or sustainable things, we've usually gone through that budget on the envelope alone, which is not bad to say. Like there, there's nothing wrong with spending money on envelope upgrades in favor uh, instead of a solar panel, because in in our local context, envelope upgrades will go a lot further than a solar panel ever ever will. But that's not to say that that's the case everywhere. If if a person were building in a uh, extremely sunny climate like Arizona, then solar panels can go a long way there. But they go a lot longer in Phoenix and Arizona than they do here in Red Deer, Alberta. Correct. And that is, that is a pretty neat side of 908 engineering because, yeah, I can remember when we were sat down and talking about this uh, National Energy Code and we were talking about, uh, well, all the mechanical electrical components in order to kind of just build this energy model. And I can remember at that point in time when I was pretty green about this uh, certification lead, passive house or whatever, and you were pointing out basically the actual envelope. And at some point, I don't know if I mentioned at that point with you, but I was like, what well, that uh, has to be with uh, uh, the actual mechanical electrical engineer, right? Why they are... Uh, just pushing forward to the actual envelope where they don't have nothing to do, right? So, but it's pretty, it's pretty nice to have uh, this consultancy where you can uh, rely on, on you, for example, and don't be just biased on what specific uh, equipment you need to provide, either mechanical or electrical, but I understand that you can just go around it, trying to kind of just looking for efficiency forms on how to minimize uh, energy consumption and leave the active solutions for the second or third resource, right? But uh, if you're pointing out first the envelope per se, that's pretty great from you guys. Yeah, and when we look at things from a mechanical and electrical engineering point of view, it typically means that any of our solutions for sustainability products are going to be active solution. They're going to be, they're going to involve specialty mechanical components, specialty lighting controls, specialty light fixtures. And, uh, but in reality, a lot of the passive components, like we acknowledge that a lot of the passive components are a lot more effective given our local context. Correct. And um, I also remembered that you were mentioning that you are, you want us uh, as a company trying to push for local uh, elements or local products, uh, whatever you can find near to, well, in this case, Alberta, right? But uh, how has that worked so far with you guys with, for example, mechanical components? Like, have you able to try to resource uh, mechanical components uh, locally or you always, well, at least... I think you have to kind of define your uh, your boundaries, right? At some point, you're trying to kind of find provincially if there are some distributors uh, near, and then Canada, and maybe like some some somewhere near. But how has that worked with you so far? Well, typically, a lot of our projects and the components that get installed in our projects are they tend to be budget driven. Now we're careful in our designs to make sure that there that a certain minimum standard for technical specifications are met. But uh, we're finding that a lot of the local manufacturers are, they tend to be very high quality. So even mechanical components that are, that are built locally 
even though they may not be the, the, the best on the planet, they still hold up. They're still very high quality because again, we have a long history here of surviving the cold. And so any kind of piece of equipment, the mechanical piece of equipment that we have that's built for our environment has to be high quality or else it simply won't last. And so anytime that we're able to find a piece of local equipment, the emphasis is always on, it's always on, energy efficiency because we, we have to burn gas. Like we, we have to spend money in order to heat our places. And so the more efficiently that we, that we can do that, the better. And manufacturers, especially in, in Alberta, uh, local manufacturers understand that. And so when, they've, when they design their product, it's always with an emphasis on the things that they know best. Uh, the other thing is is just simple longevity. It's the the quality of the project and how well it stands up to being outside for uh, an eight month heating season and uh, dealing with the extremes of our weathers. Because don't don't forget that our that we experience of extremely high and extremely low temperatures, and so our mechanical systems are pushed to limits that are not seen in a lot of places on the planet. How do you like it so far? Thank you for being with us. If you want to know about the following part, just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin. You will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable. I would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.